I can confirm the Coyotes are moving uh, to the NBA because they totally drafted a basketball team this draft. Your Locked On Coyotes, your daily podcast on the Arizona Coyotes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the show, everybody. This is Locked On Coyotes, number one daily podcast on the Arizona Coyotes. Today's episode brought to you by eBay Motors. Stay in the game with eBay guaranteed fit. eBayMotors.com. Let's ride. I am your host, Robin Leonio. That's Matthew Jacobson right beside me. We want to thank everyone for making the show your first listen every day. We are free and available everywhere you get your podcast including on YouTube and now on the SiriusXM Radio app. The draft is now done, Matthew, and as you said, the Arizona Coyotes drafted a basketball team. Seems like, yeah. Let's let. I mean, let, let's go ahead and I'm, I'll, I'll just go straight up. I'll like I'll go through some of the list in a little bit. But do you know the shortest person who was drafted in this um, from the Coyotes in this draft? I believe it was six two. Might have been six one though. I think it was the kid from Minnesota. I think it's just six foot. That's it. But yeah, still. The, coyote, the exact toxic mindset behind me not being able to get a date in high school. Gotta be six foot tall or higher. <laughs> Man, this GMBA loves size above all else. And it, it confuses me. Not because I think these are terrible picks. I mean, I actually have it right here. Uh, people are acting like this is a 2003 draft all over again for context. Coyotes picked uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight guys, zero NHL games played. It was literally their worst draft. Even uh, the 2020 draft had two games played out of Ben McCartney. That's how bad it was. The only other drafts to not have an NHL game is 2022. It's been one year. I, I think you got to give it like a three-year buffer uh, before you can start adding it to the conversation. But there was... There was some freaking out on day one. We already talked about Simashev and Boot yesterday. Um, I, I don't want to rehash it too much. TLDR, you get a sizable defenseman with some top pairing upside, very good defensively. There, there might be some offensive upside, but we do have to see how the development plays out. And you get a really big winger, probably the, the exact kind of guy you want to play on the same line with a Lawson Kraus type, and definitely is good for a morale with Simashev. I like the players. Uh, I'm going to hold off. I'm going to continue to hold off a, an opinion on whether or not they reached because I, I I don't know if I'm actually maturing a little bit or if I'm just being pretentious, but I, I kind of have a feeling that I should be listening to a lot of the on, on the ground reporting. And, and what that's telling me is, yeah, at least Simashev was valued very highly. Maybe boot was a bit of a reach, but at the same time, maybe, maybe not, and you're still getting a solid player. Oh, absolutely. Now, you know, to, to all the listeners out there, those that listen every day, I, I, I want to let you guys know that we are in the works of getting a, um, a draft prospects expert on the show to talk about um, Shemeshev and some of the other prospects who were drafted this year. Um, kind of get their thoughts and, you know, I think we're going to really focus on you know some of the prospects experts who actually have Shemeshev ranked really highly. Highly, some of them 
at their at, like we had Shimshev ranked as as their number one defenseman. So it, it will be interesting to see their thoughts. It's actually funny. Uh, Steve Peters is like <laughs> on, on his show. It's like, oh yeah. Yeah, no, you, you didn't have him ranked that high a week ago. Why are you telling me this now? Why are you going to wait two days after to, to tell us you had him this highly ranked? Because they had multiple draft experts, and none of them were talking about Simashev or Boot. So it's like, don't tell us now. Don't come back in hindsight with that one. I mean, uh, you but- can – I mean, here's the thing, though. Like, like, I think if it was a team other than the Coyotes, I would see that being the case. But it's like, oh, yeah, you know, he's high, he's ranked really highly. Rather than like, you know, gaslighting us, and let's 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 let let's say for for all intents and purposes, they would have picked they picked you know Rainbacher or Mitchkov. They're like, oh god, that's a like you know whatever some stupid decision because they think because it's the Coyotes, right? But like, I saw someone give the Coyotes a D plus, and and look, all I'm gonna say is. Simashev alone and and uh their, their second round pick, the goalie alone, just those two. This is not a D plus draft. Now, uh, some of these guys might not pan out. That being said, I, I think we've seen some overreactions. We have definitely seen some overreactions, and that's why I, I am a little I, I I'm a little proud of myself for not picking a side one way or the other immediately, uh, because I, I really feel like this is one of those drafts where you have a lot of strong negative opinions right now. And then in like three years, you're either going to forget every single one of those because the draft was inconsequential, or you're going to feel a little, a little silly because like, let's say three of these guys end up just blossoming. Absolutely. Yeah, totally. One thing that's interesting though, is there's, there's the difference that you notice the difference in in draft experts overall, you said the draft, you know, so, you know, some expert gave the Coyotes a D plus. Daily Faceoff gave the Coyotes a B plus. Mm-hmm. So like, there's just so much discrepancy. A lot of variation. It, it was a content creator that gave him a D plus for context, but like, you have that negative end. Um, uh, Mike Gould shared one article where they got an A minus. And uh, the, the guy that was saying how high a lot of teams had Simashev ranked, for example, was, uh, like, he was the one who was saying how good the Coyotes did this draft. And, look, all these players can play zero NHL games. I mean, they drafted 12. I was doing a quick count. Uh, unless I'm, I'm off on my count, that is the most they've ever selected as the Coyotes. I don't care about the Jets. Talk about the Coyotes. That is the most they've selected as, as the Coyotes. It's kind of impossible for them not to hit on a couple of these. I would actually be impressed if they literally missed on all 12. I I would be shocked. 100%. So. 100%. <laughs> let's let's um, jump into this. And, it, and, I'm, and I'm glad you, you, you said that too because um, I think a lot of people have, you know, have the mindset and, you know, believe in that mindset that one of the reasons why the Coyotes were believing in building through the draft and just getting as many draft pick assets as they can because the more draft picks you get the higher the chance you're gonna at least get somebody who's gonna pan out yeah that's how it works look uh i i i lost 40 bucks the 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 other night last night at at the casino i'll I'll admit it all right i lost 40 bucks 
Um, but the the more spins I had, the higher chance I did logically have of either making my money back or making some money on that. It's the exact same thing with the draft because I, I also just, I want to give Steve Peters some credit for I think it was him and Craig that were taught that were bringing up this point how it's like. The reality of, of interviewing these these 17, 18 year old kids and trying to project out their careers, it, it really is a gamble. And and uh, that's the best way to think about it is the more spins you have, the higher likelihood you have. Like and they also they also brought it up, I think it was Craig, that it was a very balanced what than Leah, actually. Ba- very balanced draft. Look, three goalies, handful of forwards, I think two three defensemen, very balanced. And the the coyote scouts even said the head the head of scouting said yeah, so next year we can just draft best available essentially without context. Like we're just, we can just whatever is the best talent because now we don't really have a hole anywhere in in the pipeline. Absolutely. And well, let's get more. Let's get a little bit more into that. I want kind of like want to kind of take a take a look at that because there are people questioning about you know drafting certain position groups in this draft. We'll get to that in just a moment. But first, we do want to take a quick break so we can hear from our sponsors on the show. And today's episode is brought to you by our next partner from AG1, the daily foundational nutrition supplement that supports whole body health that I drink literally every day. I gave AG1 a try because I was sick and tired of having to try to find a bunch of different multivitamins that may or may not have worked for me and just looking at a bunch of different pills that are other supplements I had to take in a day. It was getting really, it was getting tiresome. Now it's as easy as it's just a scoop of this AG1 in a cup of water, mix it up, take it, take it to go, drink it while I'm on my drive, and boom, I got everything I need for the day, all the nutrition I need for the day. The best thing about it is it's super cheap too. It just cost me less than my cold brew habit. I used to drink cold brew coffee every single day, and now I, I just could just rely on AG1 because it's cheaper. It's less than $3 a day. And it really is, well, let's just say it's healthier for me. It's a comprehensive solution is what you need for your supplement routine. Then try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel pack with your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com slash NHL network. Once again, that is drinkag1.com slash NHL network. So just be sure to check it out. So, Matt, here's another thing that I want to get to you on this draft. And you kind of mentioned that the Coyotes drafted three goalies. And some people, not you know, maybe some, maybe the people that were just asking about it were just generic fans who don't understand how it works or anything. But they're wondering, why three goaltenders? I, I, I once again, kind of have to parrot Craig a little bit on this. I, and they're talking about... Uh, Essentially, you want to have as many possible guys uh, just in this draft alone. If you can hit on one out of three, that's phenomenal. If you hit on two or three, I think this is Steve's quote, literally you have assets to trade away. You're also kind of lighting a bit of a fire under Ivan. You already have Coronan a, a and Anson Thornton that are in the system. It's essentially, you are log jamming that goaltending position to where you really don't have to worry about it for a couple of years. Goalies take a long time to develop. You now have that full pipeline. And the the Coyotes head of scouting already said it, and we said it in the last segment, essentially now they can just focus on 
the next best player available in the next draft. It's addressing the need and how the the cupboards they were getting a little light. Now, obviously, you had a couple of decent goalies, like I mentioned, uh, Coronin, you have uh, uh, Thornton and Prozatov, but now you just doubled the size of that goaltending room. And if you want to throw in David Tendick in there, you're more than welcome. I just it, it's the entire logic behind it is we want to get the maximum amount of goaltenders we can in the system to where we don't have to worry about we need a goalie. We don't have to be in that position. And when you got 12 picks in a draft, I guess that's the best time as ever as as, as any. They also going end up getting in, one of the top two ranked goalies, consolidated ranked goalies heading into this draft. Yeah, going into this draft, you know, I, I wasn't really looking at the goalies, you know, to be honest, because I kind of it's it's a position that heavily go, gets overlooked. Um, if when when because for the most part, when we're talking draft, everyone likes to talk skater because they say, hey, because because we always talk about the first round and no one picks it or very rarely do you pick a goalie in the first round yep. of the NHL draft. Um, so that's why it, it's a position that gets overlooked only in the draft. And also, otherwise, you know, it's 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 a very, everyone knows it's a very crucial position. Um, but now that you look, now that it happened, I look at it and I'm like, okay. You know, I think that was a smart decision because it rounds out, you know, again, like you said, position needs. Uh, you know, as I mentioned earlier, in the very similar sense of that they picked their, I believe, three, uh, yeah, three defensemen. Yeah, three defensemen in this yep. draft. Um, you know, <coughs> they needed defensemen. And they, and, and you know, they, they picked multiple. Um just try to see if they can get more to hit. They're rounding out their pool so they can find something, you know, find players that could potentially hit. So, you know, three, four, five years down the road, there's their depth. They have depth. Yeah. And also, when you, when you take a look real quick, um, the depth has thinned a little bit. So, first and foremost, Mel Martinson Willeberg, they decided not to maintain his rights. He's now with Tampa Bay. There's a, a health issue reportedly that the Coyotes were a little concerned with, which is unfortunate. You also had, unfortunately, the Mitchell Miller situation where you wasted a draft pick on a defenseman that I don't care how, how good he is on the ice. That was a, a terrible decision from a character perspective. Right there, two big de defensive picks in, in the last couple of years are already out of your system. Very quickly, you need to make sure you keep those, those covered stocks. So it's pretty much just Continuing to do that. I do like that I'm signing uh, Maximilian Zuber. He's probably going to – it seems like he might play in the, in the AHL this year, I think. But you, you're going to just – you want that that conveyor belt to keep going. And, and yes, I know it's a little weird to, to consider the, the players kind of cogs in a machine, but that's kind of what they are in the context of asset management. I mean, you're looking at it from the bigger picture. And, yeah, you need a defense. Just even those two defensemen as an example – now you got a couple more to replace them and just kind of keep it going. So no matter what, you have someone in the pipeline. Oh, yeah. You want to be able to um, know a certain player fits your scheme, A, and B, like, you know, is be able to, yeah, replace, you know, re replace a part. And if you want to make the machine analogy, go ahead. You can do that. You can replace a part that you're familiar with. You know, because you have scouts having watching them a little more so because, hey, they're in your they're in your own prospect you know prospect system so you should know how they work so it's easier to kind of you know plug in and out what you need. 
Yeah. And I just kind of taken that step back into to consume some draft content to kind of just even though for the most part there is no no solid uh, profiles on these players yet that, that I've we'll listened to, that, to or like, anything, we'll try, it's, it's good know. to look at the position and that context. And um, and again, don't like I'm not saying hey, uh, I'm not I'm I'm not gonna promise you guys that like yeah we're gonna go ahead and um to, to and and be like uh like hey guys we're gonna go ahead and get a draft profile on Justin Kickby, like it's it it's just not necessary at that point. Are we gonna maybe get a draft profile? We're gonna are we gonna get a draft profile on Shemeshev and Boot. Absolutely. We're gonna get one on um I'm sorry pronounce it right. Um Rabble. Yeah, Rabble. probably. Maybe even Castagna. I know Castagna, it's Castagna, yeah. but I, I always say Lasagna, so I'm gonna be a little consistent until until <laughs> someone yeah. like yells at me, it's Castagna. That's what I'm gonna go with because we're we're different here. I'm locked on. I'm yeah, part Italian. Gonna... I can make fun of an Italian sounding name. Are we gonna do some draft progress on those players? It's it's likely. Expect to try us to you know get some draft experts out, you know, prospects that's at experts out here to kind of help us make some meaning to some of these players. So you guys can get to know who the coyotes actually have in their system because and I think especially those, you know, those first couple that they pick in the second round there's not a whole lot of information on them because hey look the first round they spend like what five six minutes in between picks and they're really going in depth on each pick they're interviewing the players you kind of get to know them a little bit and then day two happens it literally rapid fire 30 seconds i think what would be fun is what we should do is I'm just going to list off the picks and the positions. And then I think we should just, out of a hat, this is not meant to be educational, out of a hat that excludes first-rounders, we should pick a couple of guys we think, just by the name or position, are probably going to do something with this organization. Because let's have a little bit of fun with it. So here's the list. Sixth overall, defenseman Dmitry Simashev. Twelfth overall, forward Daniil Boot. Second round, they're only second rounder. 38th overall goaltender Michael Ravel, I do believe. The H is silent. Uh, there were, what, four third-round picks. 70th overall Jonathan Castagna. He's a center. 72nd overall, I'm assuming Noel Nord. Nord? Nord it, was a, it was a weird H at the end there. I, it, it threw me off. Uh, the left wing. 81st overall Tanner Ludke. He's a center. 88th overall out of uh, Minsk Dynamo of the KHL, Vadim Moraz. Moraz? Moraz? Moraz, defenseman. Fifth round, sorry, fourth round, 102nd overall, Terrell Goldsmith, defenseman. 134th overall, fifth rounder, Melker Thielen, goaltender. Fifth round, 160th overall, Justin Kipke, defenseman. Also in the sixth round, 162nd overall. So they had a couple of times where they picked literally two slots apart. Uh, It's center. Samu Bao, and then finally in the sixth round, 166th overall, Carson Musser, goaltender. That's it's a lot. It's a lot to unravel. I think I got my my guesses. Uh, I've heard a lot of good things about Ravel from the the very brief mm-hmm. piece of the content I was consuming uh, today, and I do believe he's kind of been passing over the last couple of weeks. Bits and pieces about Rabble being one of the better uh, goaltending prospects in this draft. 
Uh, I, I got a decent feeling about Tanner Ludke. I do like Justin Kipke because they got some fun names. And then It's a fun name. V- I love those names. Vadim Morris. I don't know why. I, I, I don't know if, if I'm just thinking it's too close to Redeem. I'm uh, a big fan of Redeem Verbata. Uh, but give me anything that's close to Redeem, and there you go. 88 hey, overall, maybe, he's gonna maybe he might get the same feels, right? The maybe he's going to play like 400 games, and he's going to be the forehand, backhand, shootout champion. <laughs> Going to be a part of a team that that part of a team that makes a run to the Western Conference Final. There you go. He'll wear seventeen. Although I hope no one ever wears seventeen again. But I'm pretty sure they have Alex Galchenyuk. Anyway, uh, th- th- those are my just literal picking names out of a hat. What are, what are yours? Let's, let's have a little bit of fun with it. Give, give me a couple you think are going to do something. Ooh. Um... Ah, oh, God! It's, I think this is a, this, is, this is a tough one. Um, <laughs> it really is. Knowing nothing about them but their name and position, it, it, it is. There, one of the goaltenders had like a three something goals against and an eight, eight, nine save percentage. And the first, I, obviously, it's just probably the league they play in. But my first thought was like, oh, hey, that's a pretty Coyotes. I'm gonna go ahead and go with uh Castagna. All right. Um with uh Bao and uh Melker Stephen. I like how no one said Goldsmith. It's <laughs> a <laughs> basic name. <laughs> no one said I I know uh D-Bax fans, Paul Goldschmidt. So theoretically, if it's got gold in the name, it should be. But I like how none of us picked gold. You know what? Uh, imagine we're all wrong. Goldsmith plays 800 games and, and, <laughs> and wins a cup. <laughs> I, I hope. I hope, uh, Goldie. I hope you're watching this, and our our unintentional disrespect makes you play even harder, just to be like, I want to. Like these two idiot podcasters don't know nothing about nothing, and I'm going to prove them wrong. Do it! I dare you. Um, I mean, I, I want, I want that. I want that to happen. Yeah. Prove us wrong. Any, any, any one of you, prove us wrong. I like Daniel Boot. I always want to say but, but Daniel Boot. I mean, again, I like you, you, you've heard so many people make the joke. I, I said it a couple times on the podcast yesterday. <laughs> yesterday. I'm like, hey, no buts about it. What's about hey the their second pick of the first round uh, uh what was it? it that describes their draft it was but and I'm like look honestly they drafted a basketball team the, the shortest guy was like six foot one uh you had a couple big boys six four six five I think one was six seven one of the goaltenders I think was six six or six seven uh that one might have been Thielen actually I could double check this right here it'll take me to a nice little link and I can look at his height. So he was one of the shorter ones then. So it might have been Ray. Uh, Mike Gold listed listed all the size. No one of them said six seven. Six six, it's Rabble. Big kid. So yeah, it's yeah. like it's gonna be fun. I don't know. I, I'm actually excited to kind of take one day to try to get to know him a little bit before free agency absolutely destroys us. But that means we'll have all offseason to try to actually do dedicated profiles on these guys and try to kind of break things down. But I don't know. I, I just I can't not trust BA's 
staff. I just at this point I can't because not only is it young, okay, Lilleberg, there's a health you know concern. He's still got an NHL contract. Manix Landry, yeah, unfortunately didn't really do a whole lot to justify a contract. So I think he signed over in the Swiss League. He signed over in Europe somewhere. But look at Sam Lipkin, how well he was playing. They wanted to sign him. Uh, Julian Lutz was playing well. They also wanted us to get him signed. Maximilian Zuber got signed. And these are all typically a, a sixth-round draft pick in Zuber. Uh, Lilleberg, fourth-round pick. Lipkin, seventh-round pick. Some of the depth picks are already starting to show something. And uh, Liam I Kirk. like that. Huh? A couple years ago. From a couple years ago, Liam Kirk. Uh, I, I I really want him to take a big jump in Tucson this year. Uh, I know he he bounced around he, a lot. He, he was CHL riddled with injuries his... once he hit Tucson, and it sucked. He ended up getting sent to Atlanta, and then ended up getting loaned. I'm just like, yep. So it was like I, unfortunately, and th- there's still time for him. He, he still has a decent skill set. Uh, injuries have probably stunted I mean, his development. That was he... an older pick. If you watched him in the World Championships, two, what two years ago now? Yeah, two years ago now, mm-hmm. he was one of the best, if not the best, player in the World Championships. So hopefully he has that bounce back because like he's going to be the reason I'm going to to have to have you get me in contact with Tucson so I can go down there a little bit to try to pay close attention because honestly I really want that kid to succeed. I still think he's got an interesting skill set from what I remember the last couple times I got to watch him, but. That, that one wasn't a GMBA pick, I don't think. But the rest of these picks, just a, a small couple, a small few, already showing some fruit at different levels. Obviously, Logan Cooley, we don't even need to mention him. Artem Duda, I think, is transferring over to play college hockey this year because he's playing well. There is some talent. Jeremy Langlois won a championship, the Memorial Cup. Like, there are some really solid picks here, and this is very brief, and you None of them have really gotten NHL time yet, except for, uh, I think it's what, Moser and Gunther? Yep, Moser and Gunther. Yet, we're still seeing something already. And that's why I I refuse to overreact. I refuse to be like, these are all terrible, because so far, they have not led us astray. So far, they have not completely whiffed. Now, in a couple of years, we might see those whiffs start because it takes a little bit of time to really realize what you have with a draft pick. But with that being said, so far, I haven't seen the signs of that yet. So I'm I'm just going to look at this with a little bit of optimism and, and look forward to getting to kind of break down some of these prospects. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think right now the best thing we can do is just be optimistic and just kind of look at the bright side and look at and just like have those profiles out there, really get to know these players you know, kind of take a look at what their upside and what their ceiling could be. But also, again, doesn't mean they're going to reach that ceiling. Mm -hmm. Most of the time, it doesn't, they don't reach their ceiling, but they reach, but we know what their, as long as we know what their floor is, I think that may just put this at a certain comfort level. Let me try to put this in context for for some people. So I'm just going to start listing off players the Coyotes have drafted that have played 100 games. And I'm just going to keep going. J.J. Moser, Barrett Hayton, Mackenzie Entwistle, Keller Chikrin, Dylan Strom, Christian Fisher, Aiden Hill, Connor Garland, Perlini, Dvorak, Bunting, Domi, Connor Clifton, Jordan Martinuk, 
Connor Murphy, uh, Oscar Lindbergh, Louis Deming, Olive Rickman Larson, Bodker, Victor Tikhanov, Michael Stone, Kyle Turris, Scott Darling. I'm going to cut it off there at 07 just to kind of pull back. I'm oh, sorry, Peter Mueller. I'll, I'll cut it off at 06. I'm a big fan of Mueller. Do you see how far apart a lot of those players are? Like, I get why some people might be weary. I get it. I fully understand it with the history of this. And Steve Peters also mentioned it, where it's like, you know, we're talking about these guys and then nothing materializes. We get excited for these guys, you know, later nothing materializes. The difference you can make, um, and, and again, there's only such small sample size to decide right now, but the difference you can make is, you know, the picks that Don Maloney made versus the picks that Chica made versus the picks that Bill Armstrong is making. Mm-hmm. I think Bill Armstrong seems to be like, his, I think his approach is intriguing to us because I think the upside is different than what we, ex- that what has been expected in the past. I like that point. Cause I, I, I kind of feel like I know where you're going with this. It feels like, we're not just shooting for the the what's the closest to X star player we can get type with most of our picks. It feels like a lot of the picks are we want guys that we think can translate to the NHL and, and fill out the rest of the roster. That's what it kind of feels like versus other drafts. Because when Peter Mueller is, is supposed to be you know, our Wayne Gretzky or whatever the hell we were trying to tell ourselves because Gretzky was the coach who tried to make, you know, both him and Turris play similar to, to he did, despite the fact he was two different eras. That's a lot more disappointing than, hey, we want good players we think can play in the NHL. And then, yeah, most of them ended up being decent NHL guys or are right on the cusp of being decent NHL guys. It doesn't really matter where in the lineup. Yeah, very much so. It's, you know, it, it, it really is, you know, it, it just feels different. That's all I'll say. It just feels different. I think the only player off the bat to be, there's two players to be excited about, and that's Rabble and Simashev. Everyone else, I'm interested. Obviously, I might like them more or, or less as I learn more. But just from what I already know, Simashev could be a top pair, and Rabble is one of the better goaltending prospects of this draft. Keep an eye on him. Everyone else, just just kind of watch their development. I, I think there's going to be there's, there's NHL potential here, and I know I know there's definitely going to be some NHL durability with the, the kind of size that, that they went with in this draft. Absolutely. Well. We're getting a little over time now, though. I just want to give you some final thoughts before we close things off. Um, I like to waste money on the way to work. There's my final thoughts. Well, there you go. Well, that's going to be it for today's episode of the Locked on Coyotes podcast. If you like what you heard, don't get to leave a review. Like, comment, subscribe if you have yet to already. We're available everywhere you get your podcast including on YouTube and on the SiriusXM radio app. Don't forget to interact with us on social media. We're on Facebook, facebook.com slash LockedOnCoyotes, and on Twitter at LO underscore Coyotes. I'm personally at Robin underscore Leonio. Matthew Jacobson is at the AZ Sports Guy. 
interact with us, ask a question you might have, we might answer right back or on a future episode of the Locked On Coyotes podcast. Thanks again, everyone, for listening to today's episode. Hope you guys are staying safe out there. Hope you guys are staying healthy. And don't forget to howl on.